Off the Rails Friday. Does it feel like it's off the rails this week? Well, your mic's not on, so that's a good start. Okay, the best part is getting to lower your standards for your performance for the day. That's my favorite part of Off the Rails Friday. And we got Doug McLean to thank for that yeah, in about just... a half an hour. <laughs> Looking forward to having Doug always. Welcome aboard to the Real Kipper and Born Show. We are on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. You can always download us wherever you get your pod. And today, of course, especially today, when we're out of material at about a, an hour and a half, <laughs> we need your text. We Five, do. 590, 590. Give us some thoughts and ideas because we had we will have exhausted ours by then. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. But we usually get some good stuff, too, uh, that leads us down some strange paths. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, we're talking about how we have nothing for the back half of the show. What a tease. We got nothing, <laughs> so who knows? Well, by the way, Listen. we do have quite a bit. <laughs> For those of have been loyal listeners to our show the last three years, they know what they've this caught is. on a long time <laughs> they ago. Know what this is. Sammy, they don't need me to make it abundantly <laughs> clear to them. I mean, we have Mike Gartner, an NHL Hall of Famer, in studio. How cool oh, yeah. is that? Oh yeah. So yeah, we job, don't Kipper. have nothing. No, no. Um, Doug McLean will drive it in the ditch, and then Mike Gartner winch it up and pull it out <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. For sure. And the most important part is I have a working cell phone as a producer now. So. Unbelievable. And no case, Welcome though, aboard. which makes me very uncomfortable. Uh, it's, not, it's not my phone. It's not just Are you going to get a case? No. You're going to have a no case <laughs> phone? Hell yeah, baby. I'm loving life. Oh. <laughs> All right, JB. Is, Text uh, us about it. 590-590. As you alluded to, Hall of Fame game tonight. Yeah. What does that mean? What, what it means is the Leafs and Calgary have to find a way to not turn this weekend into the Hall of Shame. Okay, fair enough. Does more that mean a so, different goal song, too? Because it's a different theme More night? so because this is our uh, our edition of uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll focus on the fact that uh, they play tonight and tomorrow night. And then never Tonight again. against a team that possibly could be feeling a lot better than they did the last couple of weeks with... Uh, Fairly solid win over Nashville earlier this week, so they're coming in, I think, feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. Then they go into the red-hot Vancouver Canucks with a solid win over the Ottawa Senators, a team that beat the Leafs uh, earlier this week. So you tell me, how critical are these two games when it comes to the temperature in the water? You know, for the Leafs, you're saying? Yes, yeah, for well, the Leafs. I mean, very critical. You're looking around the, the Canada right now and... Jay Woodcroft is answering questions about his job because they're struggling. It's struggling. All, that's yeah, one word for that's it. That's an understatement. That, <laughs> they lost the Sharks, boys. Yeah, I know I we're going to get to that, but holy smokes. Everything is against expectations when you're a coach, and the expectations is that this is a 111-point team who added some good players. They're not looking like that. So, yeah, they lose again tonight. Heat, you know, ramped up a little another degree. To me, it's it, – if they lose – one or two of these games, or depending on the order they lose them in, if they win tonight, lose tomorrow, you're now going into a five-day break where there's nothing to talk about other than this drug struggles. And I know they'll be out of the country. They're leaving for Sweden. I'm not sure when they're actually leaving for Sweden. Do you have any insight on that? I'm not sure when they will I'd be. imagine the Sunday. Like right, right away? 
They lose two games, I would imagine. Uh, warm the up the tra- plane. Next warm up the plane. Yeah. Five minutes. Get us out of here. <laughs> five minutes before the third period finishes. The the plane is warming up. Sheldon's on a moving walkway <laughs> taking questions from Luke Fox. Yeah, yeah, we'll get back to you on that. Yeah, that's when they leave, Sam. <laughs> okay, so if they quick, lose the next two games. Quick. Yeah. I just think that there's a lot of room for them to have bad conversations. Yeah. If you didn't know, they're going to Sweden next week and there's no games for the Leafs. They don't play. They play Saturday and then they play again the following Friday at 2 p.m. By the way, Kip and I are working the Saturday game. The the pre-show. Sunday. 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 At 8.30 a.m. No, no, no. The pre-show starts at 7.30 a.m. We will be on air at 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) That didn't come up in your contract discussions? (laughs) (laughs) That's yes. like that's like that's like the league hide in the first round pick on Ann Lauer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? is, oh, by the way, now is, that you're locked in, is, not, there's no way to predict this. I don't care if you're just thinking about it for the first time or you've been around the game for 30 years. Like, will this trip be one of those trips where it's couldn't have come at a worse time, or it might be. A blessing in disguise. See, this is the thing. They have the out. If they were to lose two in a row and all of a sudden they're six, seven, and two, you, you would have the conversation of, it's a, you know, we're going to Sweden. We've got time to really watch video and find ourselves. When we and come bond. back from vacation. We'll deal with it when we come back yeah, from vacation. Yeah. You know, you do have the chance to say, here is a delineating point in our season and we're, it's going to be different yeah. after this. It's only. I think it's only like a five, six hour flight. It's not necessarily. Is that right? I am Sweden, yeah. Sammy. Yeah. Because uh, how long does it take you to get to Toronto to Stockholm? Can't yeah, be much more than five and a half, six hours. It really is. I have no help there. It can't be much more than Toronto to L.A. or Toronto to Vancouver. Again, I'm no help. All I know is uh, the world is large, and flying from Kelowna to Anchorage, Alaska, which is basically, you know, above you, was like three and a half hours. So, I don't know. So, yesterday you told me you can't help me with Pacific Mountain (laughs) Central Time or Eastern Time, and now you can't help me with a simple question of... What do you think it takes to fly from Toronto to Stockholm? Seven and a half hours. Uh, It takes longer than that, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ten hours. Well, he's saying with connecting yeah. flights. With a connecting yeah. flight. They're going to be on a Concorde. Out Is that of here, where it's they? gotten to the Leafs now? They got to do connecting flights? <laughs> a layover <laughs> in, in Montreal. In Iceland. Yeah, in Iceland. I think it's it's not the necessarily the, the, the amount of you're hours. It's not Australia. It's, it's not, not Australia. Like, but at the same time, it's <laughs> it's not like you're, you're it's, it's the time change that really messes you up. Yeah. So if they leave on early in the day, then they're going to probably want to fly in and just practice right away or something. Just Yeah. Oh, well, they, I mean, they have the sleep doctors. This is their this Super is the Bowl. They're like, they're like, oh, the show. finally. Rich we, Rotenberg, their guy. Right. Oh, we, yeah. It's like, oh, we got our time. Listen, Relevant let's go. It's our time. Sweden might be a million miles away compared to what we think we're in for tonight yeah. or, or Saturday night. So yeah. let's start, right. with start with tonight that. and the lineup. We will see changes. Let's go to Sheldon Kiefer, our first Kippers Clipper of the day. Clip one. So just a lineup update first, which I imagine you're going to ask about. Uh, McCabe is good to go. He'll be in tonight. 
Uh, John Klingberg has been working through some injuries here the last little bit, so today is a chance for us to uh, give him some time to work through that. We'll have a better sense of where he's at uh, tomorrow, but he won't play tonight. Otherwise, lineup's the same. Mm-hmm. Klingy's hurt. How do you feel about him stay, saying okay. that Klingberg's hurt? Uh, should we be that surprised when, I don't know, 24 hours ago, he was talking about we need to protect him? Is that not the ultimate protection? Ah, that's a good connection there. Yeah, that is the ultimate protection. I think to be it's honest, not a stretch to say that we don't believe that he's too hurt to play, right? I mean, after the game, Klingberg talked about, no, the next day, they had a full practice, and he was a full participant, normal jersey, you know, full skate, and he said, I just have to be better, and no one mentioned any sort of injury. This is, I think, to your point, pure protection, which kudos to Keith for giving him that shelter. He, I don't think he had to do that, did he? I go out there and be like, he's hurt. I think the protection no, thing, like you mentioned. No, he could have been frustrated with him yeah. and say, you know, hey, he's not playing well. We need better. I guess guys get motivated in different ways, and he's got enough of a feel of him through the first month of the season that he's not going to be like, this guy needs to be better. He's sitting out because he needs to be better. He has to go the other way. So, yeah. I don't know. It's the right move. This is uh, this is a comment I'm going to about to make that does not is not based on Klingberg or Sheldon Keefe okay. making that announcement. Generalization. Just a generalization is that it just seems to me league-wide, it just seems like an easy out to say a guy's not 100%. Mm-hmm. For sure. And you and think Does it seem like it's than... more now than it's ever been? Well, I imagine the media clamor in general is louder now, right? There's more social media channels, immediacy. Um, yeah, so I think there's more reason to say that guys are not well. Okay, let's follow it up with uh, Sheldon Keefe on the injury and how much he thinks it's really affected Klingberg's play. Yeah, we, we think so. It certainly hasn't helped him. I mean, that's part of what we're talking about with, you know, with when I talked the other night about protecting them better, it's, it's part about our team play and the other guys on the ice, but it's also just knowing what he's been, what he's been working through and, and trying to help him with that. I wonder if this comes up as like an excuse or something. Like they have Klingberg in the office and they're doing video and he says, yeah, you know, I've also like my, my hamstring's been bugging me a bit or like give some passing excuse. And they're like, oh, has it? Okay, perfect. We have an out. Do you remember, what was it that happened to him in the preseason? Because remember he played the first game and then he missed the rest of the preseason, didn't he? Or like most of the preseason. And he came back, his first game back was night one against the Habs. And I don't remember what it was that was hurting him. But like, I don't know, maybe it is. Well, he's looking it up. He's, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, he might have had two hip surgeries. Oh. If not, one for sure, I remember. Like over his career? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So... I don't know. Is it something reoccurring? Is it new? Is it old? I'm not, again, I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. But this guy has had some major do- doozies. Yeah, I can't see what exactly, Sam, but you are correct. Um, he was out for the preseason, started skating around the 5th, and was back on the ice by the 11th when they got started. So, I'm, I wouldn't put it past the Leafs to maybe, I don't know, find a way to put this guy on long-term. Oh, what? I'm just, again, I'm spitballing. Like when you got Can the they team. Check no, his listen. ticket and it says Robodaw Island on it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, I, listen, that's a layover? Listen, I'm, I don't, 
We are dealing. We are dealing with a team up against it, yeah. and I'm not here to pretend to tell you that I know the final or the the the. Uh, the the smaller details of how this works. I heard some things, but you know if if they are working on something mm. and they think that they might need help now, what an easy way to alleviate your cap. Yeah. If you sure, if you but put him the on long term, has to go along with that. If he's not feeling well, we're only talking about uh, how does it work? Ten games or twenty four yeah, days? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I, I don't know. I don't wow. know if he's yeah, not okay. if he's not feeling well. Um, we're just floating things out there. We're just floating things out. Would that be an option to to help facilitate something that might be bigger down the road? Do we do we feel like like Brad Tree living right now would look at his defense and say, uh, "I can't wait to American Thanksgiving. I I got to try to do something yeah. now." Yes, I do think they would look at their D and feel that way. You know, I, even fully healthy with Lilligren or Connor Timmins, like it's not, it's not good enough defensively. So I could see there being some desperation. On the other side of the puck is another guy who's playing tonight, uh, or who, who is playing tonight, is Vladar, and Markstrom's not for the Calgary Flames. So Markstrom not playing, but healthy. Um, interesting that he's not even dressing. Dustin Wolf is the backup. Been called up from the American League. He's been a you know, goalie of the year, two years, two times in the AHL. The Vladar thing, maybe a bit of a showcase yeah, tonight. Uh, I, I think they, in a perfect world, they they, they will move Vladar. This and, is well, to the yeah. Leafs. Why would you wait to the Leafs? No, well, I it, I think it's too early to be honest with you to to think that you need to go down that path because Samsonov uh, should get more time. To, to work whatever he's still working on. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, you you have to be really confident that you can't wait any longer for Samsonov. And I don't think that they're there yet. But Vladar will get moved, and it's a reasonable contract. He's, Sammy, I think he's 26 years old, 27. It's not like he's 33. He's not Camp Talbot. So he he, he would be... He would be a a goalie that I think a few teams would have interest with uh, with a with a mid twenty five roster. He's twenty he's twenty six and he makes two point two this and next. And this he's year. played well That's against nice the contract. Leafs. Doesn't he play well against the Leafs? He's got a decent record against them. I think he's also six foot five, which is helpful. You know, I'm under the impression that Brad Tree Living really likes him a lot. You know, his numbers last year are not great, and he's not off to a hot start this year, but he has had some stretches in the NHL where he's looked like a very good goaltender. So it's still a gamble is all. I'm not saying that you know Vladar is better than Samsonov by any stretch. So to your point about knowing for sure for the Leafs, what Samsonov have played seven NHL games this season, six, something like that, Yeah, and it hasn't been good. But you got to give a guy like that with that pedigree and history, whatever, the chance to kind of play out of it a little bit here before you do something drastic. Well, play out of it, and much like the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the temperature's so hot there that uh, you almost have to alleviate it by making a, the easiest decision. That's just to offload Jack Campbell temporarily, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But it's so hard to still judge completely on your goaltenders in Edmonton and Toronto when they've been so bad. 
defensively. It's a very good point. It's a very good point that, you know, so often coaches get fired because their goalies can't make a save and coaches get Jack Adams trophies because their goalies are Make all hot. the saves. Yeah, yeah, make all the saves. Like, it's it, night and day for, for head coaches. So you can see why goaltending woes are leading to, to losses. I can't wait to talk about Edmonton in the second half of the show. <laughs> anyway. Wild. But so there 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 is a there, there's a lot of people today leaning towards the the Leafs and Calgary getting together for a trade. Uh Elliot I think started kind of that a little bit with Zadorov and the possibility of Chris Tan of coming here. They need some offense. <sighs> Does that Nick uh, Robertson shoots it in the I, net I, the other night? I, I don't think that uh, you know Calgary's ready to mail it in for their season ticket holders just yet. Right. But when they're ready, I think people will be looking towards Brad Tree Living to go get a couple of guys. I like Zadorov. Um but yes, I I'm not much. sure what he is still. Like he's a tough a big strong guy, tough, but do you really believe he's a, a top four type of guy? Yeah, I do. I do wish he was a little meaner at the size he is, but he can be mean. He he'll throw. Oh, there's some, a there's a side to him. Yeah, like with a bit of a sh- short fuse. Sometimes. It happens sometimes. But Kip Plaster, he scored 14 goals. You know, like he's he's not a one dimensional guy. He is uh, possession numbers. He drives play really well for the Flames. Uh, you know, I was talking to the guys in Calgary this morning on their morning show with Rusick, and you're like, you know, you're talking about Zadorov. We had the conversation about the possible trades between the two of them. And Russick's like, you know, like people that don't watch it closely, like he's just as, has his inconsistencies and his issues just yeah. like anybody else, right? You're not watching it every day. So and it's like I, I get that sense too, that I think on a on a deep team, Zadorov would probably be your third pair guy. Not on this team. No. No, I agree with that. <laughs> he's I can't he's have with the, the top pair. I can't have the least bring in another guy who you tell me is playing above their slot, like Jake McCabe, who is a very good defenseman yeah. and, in your mind, a third-pair guy. Yes, yes. You know, I can't <laughs> do it again. I can't bring so Zadorov in they here. Need, here we go. I, <laughs> like, I don't know where he where he would fall on that for... for Br- on the McCabe uh, tre- scale? No, uh, uh, Zadorov yeah. uh, for, for bringing him into the Leafs. Um, but they do need a top-four help in the worst way. Six, and yeah. it, whether Boy, it six, is out six, of Calgary. 30-pound 28-year-old who can score. Wh- wh- yeah. Sounds like Chara to me. I know it's not Chara. I'm not saying Chara, but it's like uh, those guys Z- find Z- it older had 14 with goals. That big. Yeah. 14 goals. That's, that's top four kind of numbers. Yeah, and when you're that big, I do think that but, you talk about how long it takes for a D to find it. Like, yeah. I, I don't think his best has been seen yet. But... The only thing, Maybe too, that's why I keep thinking the Flames is, are good and they're not. I don't know. You know, we're, we're, we can all sit here and say, well, here's the Leafs' wish list here. What is realistic here on assets that Brad, that Kyle Dubas left Brad Tree Living to work with here? Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about Nick Robertson. It's Robertson, Cowan, Minton, a couple of draft picks that are left. That's not much so so if you are to go and get a legitimate top four d jb what are you giving up tell me well yeah to me it's do you believe less in minton or cowan 
Like, I know Robertson is a no-brainer. If someone sees him as a plus asset, you would do that in a heartbeat because he hasn't proven that he can do it here. And there's not really room for a winger who scores here. So, you know, that one's a no-brainer. But, yeah, one of those two guys. And then it's... Minton, it's, for me. Yeah, that's the one you, Minton. you move if you off build, that. If you built his stock up to the point where other teams are impressed... Played NHL you, games at 19. You, he's, you, gonna, he's a captain. You, that That's your chip to a top four. Yeah, I could see that. And I... Not Cowan. Mm-hmm. Cowan will play for the Toronto Maple Leafs and be impactful. He will be yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi-ish by the age of 20. <laughs> oh, I hope Wait, he's better than that. Which version of Bertuzzi? <laughs> the good yeah. version. Right. Okay, okay. The good version. Yeah. The one that you thought you were getting this year. Right. So the Leafs have uh, their first-round pick this year. No second. No uh, second No next second. year. Or the follow, they don't have a second, no second until for three years. Yeah, three for three years. And correct but me if I'm wrong. Three fifth rounders this year. Yep. Uh, first rounder this year, yep. and no first rounder next year. Correct. And That's... they have a 2026 first rounder. That when was that? Yeah, that was in the Jake McCabe Lafferty. Yeah, that's kind of bare cupboards kind of stuff, isn't it? Oh no, no, no second rounders. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I so yesterday I worked. Lots of with, good players go for second round picks. Uh, David Amber and you know, spent the night arguing with him. You know how passionate DA gets about his takes. We were talking about the Leafs and getting one of these people that we're talking about, an elite defender, and what do you do? You know, Kyle Dubas was so hesitant for all those years to ever break up the core four, you know, and a lot of people speculate that Brendan Shanahan is one of the guys who didn't want to break. He wants to see them through. He believes in the four of them together and whatever. So it hasn't happened. There's an article in the newspaper today, Damian <laughs> Cox, cover of the, uh, the Star is, now's the time to sell William Nylander. DA made a similar point, not that to put words in his mouth, and but he had some good logic behind it. You wonder if they struggle enough for long enough, the Leafs, if it doesn't get to the point where Dubas wouldn't do it, but Tree Living says, we're just not constructed properly, which people have been saying for years. We actually have to do the hard thing that people have been saying we should do forever. That, to me, is... I like the idea of the Minton thing. Like, can you move him and, and add to this? But there's a lot of people who think that it's just constructed too top-heavy, too forward-based. Yeah, that's been going sure. on for years. It has been, but Tree Living's yeah. been here for 12 games. I'll tell you what's, well, in my opinion, God. changed somewhat. I think, I think the blueprint's fine, but it's the detail in the blueprint that's changed. And if you ask me today, if you went to the top four depth chart it was for a very long time Matthews and Marner Matthews and Marner Matthews and Marner I think personally if we got Brendan Shanahan and Brad Tree living you know in a room with some truth serum a couple shots of tequila I think it would in their minds it would go maybe Matthews Nylander Marner Tavares. Which means that they would be see Nylander as a higher trade value no, or no. maybe even keep, consider trading keep, Marner. Keep. What? Yeah, I do. Ah. I, I'm telling you, my, my vibe gone, gone, is that right? yeah. they want That's to sign opinion. Nylander. Yeah. And if it's going to cost 10 or 11, um, I'm not sure if if they still see Marner the way they did even a few years ago. Well... And if you were trading Marner, the value to trade him is through the roof compared to what Nylander is, right? Nylander, 
has no contract for next year. He is, I would say, judged as a one-way player where Marner is a two-way guy. You know, like you could, then you're talking about a big trade. I I think there's a lot of love for for Nylander right now. Boy, uh, geez. But in talking to D.A., so so hold on. A Marner trade terrifies me way more than a Nylander trade. Oh, yeah, for sure. He could... But when you think of the return. Yeah. But what always gets class. me when having these conversations, and I've had this conversation with basically everyone who follows the Leafs. They always say, you got to trade him for a number one D-man. You got to trade D-Lander. You got to trade Marner. You need no, number one D-man, top pair D-man. And it always comes down to, give me the name. Give me the guy. Give me the guy you can oh, get. Man. And okay. no one can do it. I've never had yeah. a conversation where someone goes, well, you go get this guy. Because everyone wants to keep their number one D man, and there's no, yeah, you know, like the, the, in theory, I agree. If you could swap out Nylander or Marner for a number one D man, I'd say let's go. Yeah. But it's just not that easy. You got to keep in mind though that Marner has a full no move. Yeah. So anyone that wants to link him to say Calgary, uh, don't waste your time. Yeah. You know what the best one I've heard but, is? Oh, no, is Slavin. Jacob Slavin is like my, you know, he's yeah. number one D, yeah. defensive D, you know, fancy TJ Brody, basically. Yeah. But anyway. I don't know. That yeah. just, it, the thought of that is it's a one that I wasn't considering having to think about right this moment. But to me, that's one you're, nest, if you're you never going to win it. That this team, unlike previous versions, is fundamentally more flawed. Yeah. You might have to do something yeah. more drastic. Or you... If you <sighs> You just have to find a way to uh, get Tavares' contract out as early as September, October, and you take a crack at Nylander with Matthews and Marner moving forward. See, I love that, but I don't... We always just say we can't do it. You know, we the team can't do it because of the the no move. But yes, that is the solution. If yeah. you're going to keep three, just based on age of Tavares, not that he's not contributing, you would rather keep the three young guys. Well, he's... That's it. It's a, it's eleven million for, yeah, you know, a point a game. points and you know one way play mostly. Okay, let's uh, let's get Sheldon Keefe's uh, thoughts on what he's going to see out of the Calgary Flames tonight. You know, I was uh, talking to Tree a little bit this morning. Just to, I did a pretty good job building this team. It's it's uh, it's deep down the middle, deep on defense, uh, competitors all through the all through the group. Uh, so, you know, there's challenges there with the center depth they have, the defensive depth they have. you got lots of guys that can move well, help on offense, um, but and also compete and, and, and do a good job defensively. So, yeah, there's there's some challenges there. Probably the biggest one, though, is, like as I said, they're trending up and, and I think uh, developing belief in what they're doing. That feels like a passive know. shot at his GM. He's like, you did a great job building this team. Yeah, what are they, 4-7-1? I, I, you can ask a lot of people <laughs> in Calgary. How highly competitive they are! Well, get a different answer. They uh, this is the opposite of a revenge game tonight because it's like all the guys that Trilliving made insanely rich are playing against him. Yeah, it's like (laughs) Huberto. Thank you. Roll over for the Huberto game. Like uh, Kadri, Weger, all got these huge deals. So maybe it's the opposite of a revenge game. I do like Weger. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. I I would think they're. (laughs) Yes, I do. They're they're the true uh, American Thanksgiving. That, that's when they they decide to sell. So we're two weeks away. I think. By the way, the best North days. American holiday of the year, U.S. Thanksgiving. Yes. We mess up up here. Yeah, it's not even close. They just do it. Take day off and yeah. football and 
pure gluttony. Yeah, it's just food, a beer is the best. <laughs> yeah, what's Friday? Work day? Okay. Yeah. Loved it when I played <laughs> yeah, they two, right. two turkeys. Yeah, double up. Yankee, thank you. And then when I found out I have to fly my kids home twice. That hurts, eh? Then, are, are they coming back at this oh, one, yeah, too? Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Yeah, they got, Frequent there's, flyers. There's always, like, two Thanksgivings that they have to come home to. So it's like, now all of a sudden I don't like it as much as I did when I yeah, played. Yeah, fair enough. Yes. So looking at uh, tonight, do, do we want to hear uh, the Robertson, how he's been on Keith's should, thought? Yeah, should, I want to. Should we go and get to Doug? Let's I want to. Uh, is, he, is he ready? No, but we got to hit a break here at some point, don't we? All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's hit a are we break the because. Um, I'm sure you guys want to just bust on Doug McClain over, you know, Nyes and how good he's been. And, yeah. you know, you got to give it to him, Sammy. I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that. You, you well, went before the Ottawa I, game. I volunteer his tribute. Well, I, te- right. I texted him this morning uh, and I said, Doug, y'all good? And he said, great. The Matthew Nye Show. When I'm on. <laughs> he knows it's coming. Oh, no, he he's knows time it. To prepare. You're not going to want to miss that. Doug McClain after the break. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, with no hesitation, let's go to our first guest of the day. Doug McLean, former NHL president, GM, head coach, and author of the best-selling draft day, how teams pick winners or get left behind. Let's welcome in Doug McLean. Is it true you are now negotiating with Netflix for the rights? Well, I've been approached, and, um, you know, I probably will turn it over to my agent here shortly. And um, I, I, Kevin Costner wanted to play me, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for somebody a little better looking. <laughs> God, you know what? Um, I might have, you know what? I'd like to have a Matthew Nye's type of look, you know what? A guy that looks as good as he does. Why, why would you ice. say that? Well, what's, what, what's Matthew Nye's to you? No, no, I'm just uh, because I got a message this week that because I gave Matthew Nyes a little poke last week that you guys were waiting anxiously to give me some shots until you watched the Ottawa game and then you rebounded. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was really good against Tampa Bay on the comeback. Yeah, he really was. Well, obviously he, he heard that I gave him a couple of little pokes to get him going, you know. But, look, the the young guy's not their problem. Let's not kid ourselves. Matthew Nyes is not their problem. But it's a pretty sad commentary when you've got to move to a kid and get him into the top of your lineup to try and spark your team. They got other problems besides uh, their forward group. Mac, we had a chat before uh, you joined us about the problems because they're real and their defensive play is just abhorrent. Um, would you be inclined to do the dramatic thing we discussed and actually trading one of Nylander or Marner and trying like trying to do something big? Or is this fixable with just better play and a couple of small tweaks? 
Well, to me, it's it's not so much better play. I'm looking at their blue line, and I'm saying, okay, they've got two defensemen right now that are playing close to their potential. Morgan Riley has been pretty good, and Brody is hanging on and, and battling and trying hard. After that, you can't like that blue line. Number one, they're not good enough. As a group, other than those two, they're not good enough to play. They tried to fix it at the red line last year with Gustafson, which was a disaster. They brought in McCabe, who's not good enough. And that's where they are. That blue line, and we talked about it at the start of the season, they're not good enough. And I hate to say it, but guy they may have to move is Nylander, and nobody wants to do that because he's been so good. So they're caught here a little bit. Mac, when it comes to John Klingberg, Take us into the, a Leaf boardroom right now where you're watching a guy struggle. There's no question that Brad Tree Living made a huge commitment to him for, uh, even though it's only one year, 4.1. Like, what kind of conversations would they have? Like, where's the wiggle room to get this guy playing better? Or are there some saying, this is who he is and we need to regroup? You know what, I, I thought he was... Uh going to be a star a couple of years ago. And then when you talk to some people, his game has dramatically dropped off from where he was a couple of years ago. Uh, people were talking about this guy going to be a six, seven, eight million dollar player. You remember those conversations? Turned down a lot of money, Mac, in Dallas. Right. And, and now, I mean, the guy started. Look, I, I think what you've got to do with John, with Klingberg, you're, you're stuck with him. You gotta you gotta protect them to get them going. You gotta get them playing with a top guy to try to get them going. That's that's the only thing you can do. So does that mean putting them with Morgan Riley on a regular basis for a, a period of time or whatever else to get them going and and protect them as much as you can? But it's not just Klingberg. The defense isn't good enough, and they refuse to play defensive hockey. You know, I, I watched Vancouver play last night. This is a team that refused to play defensive hockey last year as well. And all of a sudden, they're, 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 they're catching on. You know, they're catching on. Plus, they got a couple of real superstars, which is what the Leafs have. But it's not pretty right now, guys. And it, it, is it really Keith? I hear everybody blaming Keith. Come on. They're not good enough right now, boys. Simple as that. You know, we tell you talking though, like they can't do anything trade wise or, you know, any, you don't think anything big in the trade front makes a whole lot of sense. They need to play better defensively, but it's not Keith's fault. Like trying to, you know, get this thing turned around for the Leafs seems like a really tough position that they're in. You know, I think some of the new guys, you know, they, they haven't been very good in the D zone. And I wonder if there is some getting acclimated, if this is a thing that time could work itself out. And if maybe this is all just some hasty judgment. Okay. But just a minute, tell me like Ryan Reeves. Well, we know he's not any good defensively. We know he's a tough guy. We know yeah. he's a fighter. We know that's what he is. Like I watched Domi play in, in Columbus a couple of years ago. He couldn't play. Then he goes to Dallas and he was pretty good, but he's never been a great defensive player. Why would you expect him to? I mean, you look for him to create a little offense and to provide a little grit, but he's certainly never been known as a great defensive player. Bertuzzi is certainly not known as a great defensive player. 
I've watched them now for four years try to fix the bottom two lines of this team, and they have fallen flat on their face continually to fix the bottom two lines that they can play five-on-five hockey. And they failed to fix their blue line. I know it's not easy. I'm not blaming anybody here. But it's, it's not easy to fix it. But they refuse to play the type of game you have to play to put, be successful in the playoffs. Ottawa are the very same. They don't want to play that game right now. Vancouver do. I mean, who in Canada wants to play it? I, I'm watching the Canadian teams on a regular basis. None of them want to play defense, or none of them can play defense, <laughs> except Vancouver, and that's because Demko has been a superstar. Mac, just, uh, I just want to ask you about Ryan Reeves a little bit here. And he, the first two couple of games, we saw him involved, a couple of fights here, and since then, like, really a, a non-factor here. And, yes, there's the minus nine out there for sure that uh, it might be a concern. But is this just not Ryan Reeves reading the tea leaves on, on still when to go to what he was brought in to do? Is this Sheldon Keefe not making it abundantly clear to him? Or is this just his un- unwillingness to go out there and, and try to move the needle with some energy here, what would you do? Is there still room for Ryan Reeves in this lineup moving forward? Look, the, the, the problem you run into is every time they go on the ice, they have a goal scored on. I mean, that that's frightening. An issue. When you put them out there and they give up a goal, when we know how tight games are. So, number one, I mean, I'd like to see him get a shift every once in a while. But if you can't if you can't trust a tough guy, like I had Jody Shelley, he was a tough kid. Not a, he, he wasn't the heavyweight champion of the world, but I could trust him defensively. I could trust when he went on the ice that his number one priority was I'm going to punch somebody's lights out, but I'm also going to play good defensive hockey, and I'm going to get the puck out. I'm going to pick up my man in the defensive zone. I'm going to do the little things that allow me to get him eight to 10, 11 minutes of ice time. And if they refuse to do that, just being a fighter is no good. Because there's, I mean, Nick, you know how much fighting there is today. Who, who's going to fight Ryan, uh, Reeves? Brad Marchand? Yeah, Brad's no. Gonna... Yeah. Seeking out a dance partner, partner is definitely part of the challenge. So six, yeah, five, and tough. two. Yeah, and then and so they've got two games here. Um, you know, they got Calgary and Ottawa the next two days, and then they go to Sweden. They don't play for a week. They go play in the middle of the season, 15 games in over oh. there. How do you feel about that for a team? How should they feel about it? They'll love playing in Sweden. They play like the Swedish teams do. <laughs> they will love it over there. The big rink, you can't hit anybody. It'll be perfect for them. No, you know what? Uh Ottawa and Calgary are two good teams to play. I mean, you got the rivalry with Ottawa, which should get them. I mean, that could be a big win for them if they can beat Ottawa. And Calgary, they should beat, although Calgary, what, have won three in a row all of a sudden. Um, you know what? This this is a good schedule, and to get away to, to Sweden in all seriousness is probably a positive for them. Get them away from you tough media types. You guys have become so tough. It's unbelievable listening to you. However tough it is here, I, I think the temperature might be a little higher in Edmonton. Um, oh. Oh. Just uh, 
Start rolling what oil. Is, what does Ken Holland do, Mac, in Edmonton uh, coming off a horrific loss to San Jose? Well, you know, I think I think Ken and I and I suspect this has been done, but uh, a, a serious meeting with Drysidel, McDavid, Nurse, Boucher—I mean, they're, they're top guys. Nugent Hopkins, Kane. I mean, this is this is your leadership group, Hyman. This is your leadership group there. I mean, have some have some pride and have some character and and get that group to to buy into what's going on or to overcome what's going on. In fairness, old guys, in fairness, how do you expect to win when you've got goaltending like that? Well, and it's that's really tough. Everyone's waiting it's for them really to fire tough. the coach. Shouldn't they trade a goalie or bring in a goalie before they do you anything know, that drastic? I, I've watched quite a few of their games, and you're out shooting a team two to one. You're out chancing them. Listen, you've got one of the you're one of the worst offensive teams in the league. How does that happen with this talented group of people? Is it because you're so uptight about your back end and your goaltending that you're not taking gambles? But they've got to they've got to fire it up here. It, it, I'm going to say it right now. I believe they'll make the playoffs. I really believe that. It may take a miracle, but I think that I I really believe that that group I just called out have got to make the playoffs somehow, some way. And you cannot blame the coach for this. They may have to fire him, but he does not deserve the the punishment that he's taken right now with the way they play. We're talking to Doug McLean. You can't win with goaltending like that. Simple as that. World number one author right now. World According number one. According to uh, Globe and Mail and Toronto Star, I think. I, I, read, I read the book today for the fifth time. It's really good. <laughs> no color pictures, eh, Mac? Like my book. Mac. Oh, there's no pit. I don't know why they didn't go with some pictures. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. In that. But you know, and hey, you the on movie, the beach having it. a cigar, I thought would have been in the perfect. Movie, you'll see it. You'll Mac, see it in the movie. I, I know you never, um, you know, you never worked uh, for an NHL club in Canada here. But can you just talk about a little bit about uh, outside pressures to make a change? And I know Columbus was in a market like Edmonton or Toronto. But you still felt that outside pressure, I'm sure. Um, and I think that's what's going on right now in Edmonton. They, they, there's people calling for Jay Woodcroft. There's some people here in Toronto that want Sheldon out here. How do you as a, a president or a general manager kind of just uh, shut that noise out? Is it, is it easier said than done? It's easier said than done, but you've got to discuss it. You've, you've got to, as a, as a GM, you've got to go into your room and you've got to discuss it with the team. And the GM meets with the team. I might do it. I might have done it twice a year where I go down and meet with the team, unless it was a new coach or something where, they're, you know, or a firing or something. But typically it might be twice a year. And, and, it, and lots of times it was about that, trying to get the team to relax 
trying to get the team to just deal with what you can deal with. And let's start. Let's start with a thing as simple as when the puck's on your stick, making a safe play first. Safety first, make the play second. Just and, and try to get some rallying points behind your group that they can go and get some small gains in the game. And you know what? I, I just you you've got to address it because the noise is over the top in most Canadian markets right now, guys. We're talking Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton. Where is it good other than Vancouver? Yeah, nowhere. You know, uh, two things to say. One is that you seem to have some, like, revolving rainbow light in your house. That's really fantastic. I've I've enjoyed the changing background lights. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I've enjoyed that. The other thing is, who are... No, don't do that. Who are the greatest successes in the NHL um, forwards who became defensively responsible? Guys who came into the league who couldn't defend, who were one-way guys, that their teams convinced them it's possible to play D. Hmm. Sergey Fedorov was one for me that I thought of. Was he Sergey Fedorov? Uh, Sergey Fedorov was like that from the first practice. Okay, Medano, Eiserman, Brian Murray, and I sitting on the, in, in in training camp in Flint, Michigan, and and Brian saying to me, "Doug, look look at Fedorov. The way he reads that breakout, the way he positions himself defensively first to come back." Would, would a guy like Kopitar be that guy, mm-hmm. you know, is, is coming in as a young guy that was going to be a more of an offensive type guy? He was. I remember watching him at the World Championships as an 18-year-old, and he was well-rounded. So I don't know, but there's Iserman, yeah. But Iserman I guess I'm wondering if it's possible. He, he did become better. There's no no doubt about that. I'm trying to think of, of other guys that were stars that really became that way, you know, and the top guys typically become that, you know, yeah. they really do. Like look at Nick Backstrom in, in Washington became that really number one sentiment, but also dependable in his own zone. Mm-hmm. Just uh, not to get into a uh, deep on this conversation, but Mac, like the kids today, uh, are they still being taught how to check in between skills class well, there's so many skills coaches that they can't figure out who they're supposed to listen to. You know, I mean, that's I go from the skills coach, then I go to the analytics coach, and then I go, oh, my God. Like, I got to eat. Where's my nutrition coach? I remember them telling me about the Michigan State uh, football coach. He had so many assistants. He didn't even know his assistant's name, let alone his player's name. That's what's happening in the NHL today. Like, there's throngs of them everywhere, you know? Well, we got we got Hall of Fame weekend here, Mac. Um, I'm sure there's a Hall of Fame for, for books. You're, you're, you're close to being inducted soon. Well, the library. It's like, it's, you know what? Uh, Hitchcock, Hitchcock, my former coach, is going into the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to be, I'll be going into the writer's category. Is that what they call that? The writer's category? What Jeff Rimmer's trying to get into with that manuscript he wrote about his last year in the league. That's all to get in, you know? All right, listen. Get back to your book. All right? Thanks for taking a break from reading your book, Draft Day, to be on our show. Thanks, Thanks, McLean. Of course.
Jeff Rimmer catches one stray per show. Oh, yeah. One, one yeah, he's like Rimmer a, comes in every time. He's like a, he just feels like, burn a, once the, a week. like a pin going <laughs> yeah, in him. He's like, that? what's going on? Where's yeah. that from? Oh, uh, Doug's on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Yeah. Why? I love that. Yeah. Uh, do you think kids are like... I was laughing because it reminds me of the... Are, are less um, uh, conscientious of yeah. just how to check. Kipper... I went to a junior hockey game two weekends ago. Guys barely looked at each other. Like, hockey, junior hockey, when I was a kid, the games were four hours long because of yeah. fights and hits and everything. It's like, junior hockey now, it's just, there's no, it's no hitters. Like, there's a little contact here and there, but it's just not the yeah. same game it was. Yeah. See, so much more focus on skill. Yeah, for sure. And there's never any confrontation when you're doing a skills drill. But you know what? That puts value on the guys who have those elements. You see teams clamoring for someone with some general animosity, some, yep. you know, like t- oh, Tom Wilson started punching God. people and scoring. And he's and so like, rich. If I started yeah. my career today, man, I'd be, yes. I'd be making millions. All I had to do <laughs> I mean, is just go chase somebody. In era, everyone chase, fought someone. Just Even chase Liam somebody. O'Brien. You can just throw your mitts off and skate <laughs> after people to fight. Kipper, you're not making millions here? <laughs> Sammy... <laughs> I can't get you a phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We got we got it all figured out. Well, okay, you're good now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, still plenty more here on the Real Kipper and Born Show as we uh, take a break. We're going to welcome in Mike Gardner, Hall of Famer. Big Hall of Fame weekend, and Gartz will be here to tell us all about it. What else are we going to get into in the back half? You still want to get into Oilers, Oilers right? We got to go deeper into the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers. And we have a Jack Campbell. What? A loss last night. You had them at two touchdowns last night. 14-0. <laughs> I was wrong. You're a little off. Yeah. We're going to discuss that in the next hour as we go national on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Back after these words.